0: Have you been thinking about starting a podcast but aren't sure where to start? I have to tell you about Anchor. It's a free creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Not only that, but with literally one click, they distribute your podcast to platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more so you can reach more listeners. They make it so easy. It was a no-brainer for us. Try it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the More Than Work podcast, where we talk all about how to gain more satisfaction in your job. It's possible to enjoy your life and your work, because business is personal. And now, today's story.
1: I was talking to a client. Uh, recently, who was really struggling with their people they were getting really, really frustrated with their employees. They said that their employees don't know how to do basic, simple tasks. I keep telling them all these things I need them to do. And they're not doing those things. And I'm so, so busy, so working so hard. And they told one specific instance where they met with a person who had come to them and said, Hey, I, I don't know where to start with this. I don't know where to begin with this. And the person said, fine, I'll take it. And I'll do it myself. And so they just took it and did it all themselves. Uh, This is a such a common problem that we all see as consultants, but it's also one that we also see as leaders. Uh, I think we've all struggled with this. And it's this idea of I know how to do the things. How do I get other people to do the things? How do I delegate things out to other people? So today we wanted to talk about how do we delegate? How do we
2: help other people to do what we need them to do? I love the topic, and I know that we, you know, we brainstorm different topics. If you all have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, feel free to interact with us. Bethany will tell you how to do that later. We'd love to hear your topics to be able to, to bring you different uh, and and fresh ideas and perspectives on the things that we encounter. But I love the topic of delegating, and and uh, I love the idea of the the benefits, the pros and cons of delegation. Whenever we're doing different leadership training. And we ask these, you know, general questions sometimes, and we might say, what traits might an effective leader have, right? And, you know, we hear different things like, oh, they're, they're problem solvers, um, they're effective at time management, uh, they're, they're maybe organized, or, you know, whatever, they, they have difficult conversations. And without a fault, uh, in my experience, they always bring up the word, they're good delegators too. And I think that's interesting that they say that because my next question, I love to stop whatever training I'm doing after somebody says they're good delegators, I like to ask a question and we always deviate from the course. And I say, okay, so let's actually take a quick poll. And if you're listening now to the podcast, I want you to kind of think about this too. Uh, How many of you would say that you are an effective delegator? You are good at delegating. And then maybe if your hand didn't go up, the next obvious question is why or why not? And so if we are equating effective leadership and, and good good leaders uh, delegate, um, let's just kind of brainstorm and start square one. And then, Donna, I want to ultimately get to where you were with your initial story there talking about what maybe a team looks like with an effective leader who's delegating versus what does a team look like when a leader is not delegating, um, those types of things. But what are some of the reasons that you hear of wh- maybe why somebody is a good delegator versus not a good delegator? That's to any any of you that want to, to any <laughs> of you on here that Don also want to, to interact out. with
3: me. Don and I were trying to figure out who was going to speak. Um, yeah. I am just going to be honest. I'm not a good delegator. It's not something I excel at. I don't love doing it. But here's why. And it's going to sound really bad for a minute.
0: (laughs) I I probably know what you're going to say. (laughs) Not because I've experienced it, but because I probably feel the same way.
3: (laughs) So I am a bad delegator because I know what I am good at. And if I am good at that thing, then no one else is better than me at that thing. So I'm better than you would do that thing. So I don't like to give it up. Here's the other thing though. I also know what I'm not good at. So I'm very good at giving up those things and not the things that I am good at. So I feel like I watch the strengths of the team. And so I know that if it comes down to writing a proposal or facilitating a meeting, I'm going to give facilitating a meeting to Matt and I'm going to write the proposal because I know that I am good at that thing. So I also know what my team is really good at and I give them the things that they're the best at so that they can do that really well and I can do what I do really well.
1: That reminds me a lot of that episode of The Office where Ryan and Pam are together at Michael Scott Paper Company. And Ryan says, hey, Pam, could you make this copy for me? I don't make copies. I'm not very good at it. I would screw it up. And she's like, well, you can make a copy. And he's like, no, no, no. Like, I could run Chrysler, but I can't make a copy. Like, (laughs) it's just like some people are good at some things and some people are good at other things. And she's like, well, one of those things sounds a lot better than the other thing. Uh, It just reminded me of that. Yeah.
2: The things that yeah and 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 you know diana i like a lot of what you're saying diana royalty everybody i like a lot of what you're saying uh there okay so i'm bad i'm i'm a poor delegator i like how the circles that you kind of ran in i'm, I'm a poor delegator but this is why it's justified um you know and a lot of people <laughs> might be thinking of that might be thinking of that too and diana's not alone bethany i'll come to you in a second but whenever i ask that question by the way in groups of people the vast majority of the room don't raise their hand They recognize they are poor at delegating uh, things too. So Bethany, you said that you probably feel the same way as Diana.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot to add to that. No, I just understand the feeling of, well, I know how to do it and I like the way that I do it. And, you know, I even struggle with that at home, you know, and how do I involve my kids and my family in things that need to be done at home or around the house or you know things like that that i'm like but if i just do it it'll be done the way that i want to do it even though i don't necessarily like folding laundry i don't want somebody else to do that
2: then i don't have to be mad at everybody else because they did it wrong Um, uh diana
3: i need to go back to don's comment about the office i need to be very clear in that i would run chrysler and make my own copies
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs> my favorite part so far of this podcast is people are getting an inside look at what it's like to be team members with yeah. the rest of my peers. Right we're a now, group of,
1: so. we're really a group of hyenas that look for weakness in each other and then <laughs> spring on it at the at that a opportunity.
2: All right, so if the question is, are you good at delegating? or you poor a delegator? uh We've we've kind of crossed that bridge. Diana and Bethany both gave us one reason why they admittedly would say that they are a poor delegator of saying, I just feel like I know my strengths and, and I want to be able to, to work within my strength. And I don't know that anybody else would necessarily do those things better. So I'm just going to take it and do it. Don, how about you?
1: Well, I think a big one is it just, it takes longer to delegate. Like you could just do it yourself. Like it's just easier to do it yourself. I get the idea of like, you're afraid the other person's going to mess it up. And that's definitely something that I've thought of in the past, but you can think of a time where my son, who's a teenager, uh, was going to make eggs for himself and a lot of times like I just was used to like I'll just make the eggs for you and he's like I'm gonna have some eggs and I'm like okay well you can make the eggs and it was like okay was this the pan I use yeah that looks like a good pan okay which spray do I use on it yeah I use that one that's fine is this the spatula is okay yeah does this lid fit with this yes is that the right temperature to set yeah is that the okay burner to set up yes that's all set up uh it's very very difficult to be able to to catch up with all that
2: Yeah, and I like Don, how you're talking about this takes longer. Sometimes it it can take longer. Sometimes, if I'm going to delegate something to somebody, I as a manager recognize, man, that's going to require a little bit of up training, or man, I'm right here. I can push the button right now, or I can stop and explain to them what I need them to do and why we need them to do it and train them how to do it. But man, that just seems so inefficient. The question is does it take longer now? What about in the long run is it still taking longer or are we better for it? I don't want I don't want to ruin the surprise but we're gonna come back to that thought. Bethany, what's another maybe reason it's hard to delegate?
0: I've also heard people don't want to delegate because they just feel bad about it They're like oh, I don't know I don't want to make somebody do this part it's probably my job anyways and I don't know it just makes me feel bad I want I don't want them to hate me because I'm you know giving them the leftovers. So I feel like I hear that a lot too.
2: Yeah, Bethany, I think that's a great point too. I I think sometimes we achieve the status of manager, boss, supervisor, and there's a lot of people probably listening that you have climbed that mountain, you have you have earned the promotion, right? You have achieved the status of a managing a team, and now it feels like I have this added responsibility, which as managers and leaders of teams we do. But sometimes we take that a little too far, put a little too much pressure on ourselves, saying, "I'm the manager, I'm the boss, I can't burden my team with this." Like I want to be, I think I'm being a good leader by absorbing. Absorbing all of the hits here and just doing all of the things, um, and and really what we're doing kind of is is what Don was talking about earlier. Uh, what we're doing is is almost paralyzing our team, uh, teaching them to be stagnant just within their roles instead of instead of proactive problem solvers, which you know is a benefit of delegation too, which we'll get into in just a minute. Diana, did you have another reason that delegating is maybe difficult?
3: I did, but it it left my brain, okay. so I don't. I don't.
2: Well, I actually had another one that I wanted to bring up, and I don't, I don't hear this a lot, but I do want to throw it on the table um, there. And we kind, of, we kind of thought about it just a little bit, um, but maybe a little opposite of what Diana and Bethany were talking about. But I, I have heard managers say I have a fear of delegating because I'm afraid that that next person I delegate it to is going to do it better than I would. That we, was
3: actually in my head. That was the thing that I thought. was better. <laughs> Okay, Even good. Then I lost it. You're we're right. on the same yeah. page. I hate when that happens. Yeah. I feel like people sometimes use that whole knowledge is power thing and they get in their own head about, well, if I tell them this, then they know this and I have to give them all this background and then they become really great at what they're doing and maybe they're going to come after my job.
2: Yeah. Maybe they're going to pass me up. And I always encourage everybody. No, no, no. I think we're looking at it wrong. There's two ways to look at that. One is I delegate it. They're going to do it better than me. That's awful. But the positive side of that is if I delegate it to my employee, they do it better than I did. Who's the manager of that employee? Mm -hmm. Me. Right. Look how awesome I am at training my people and delegating things to my people that, man, look at them develop and grow. Uh, you get to own that. Let's talk maybe about the positive side. Like so if you were in the car or wherever you're in the gym or wherever you are right now listening to the podcast and you're thinking, no, 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 I'm a I'm a pretty good delegator. What are some of the benefits of actually you know, being a good delegator? What are some of those benefits as a leader?
3: I think you get a lot more done in your day. You just don't have to worry about all of the pieces coming together. You don't have to worry about balls being yeah. dropped. It just it just is easier, and you get a lot more done.
2: Yeah, effective effective delegation you know lends itself to time management, and and it lends itself to organization and priority of your day. If you're the one of those list makers, there you can fill the list out. Man, what are some of these things I can delegate and maybe give myself some time back? That's a good one.
0: Definitely Bethany? less stressful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can ideally with that then can can reduce stress in your life too. Um, I think another benefit of it is that your team becomes more engaged too. Yeah. So the people around you, the people that you're working with or that are working for you, um, just become more engaged and they're proactive and because they're a part of it and it's not just you working on something. Um, and then telling people what's going on, um, everybody's a part of it.
2: Yeah. And if I have a team that's a little more engaged, then what are the fruits of that? Right. I mean, we're more efficient. We're more productive. Um, I have people understanding maybe what it is that we're doing or what it is that we're trying to do the direction where we're going. Yep. And they're proactively yep. trying to help us go that, that way too, because, you know, I've revealed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, revealed a little bit of the curtain behind the scenes, uh, for yeah. them to be a little bit more in the know, Diana, what are you thinking?
3: I think you get everybody to practice at the top of their skill set. Mm-hmm. That might be a weird way to phrase that. Oh, but I think you just get everyone operating at this higher level and you get, the leader gets to operate within their leader level. And then the people below you get to operate at this higher efficiency level and they get to do more of the bigger picture thinking. And it's not just all task-based at that mm-hmm. point. You get everyone operating just a little bit higher. Yeah. And- their actual task that's great bethany yeah
0: yeah and it reminds me and i think i've shared this on the podcast before but i um had a boss previously who was really bad at delegating she was a great person but she was really bad at delegating and there would be you know the whole team really wanted to to do more. And we would have these events that we would, um, that we would put on and we were all supposed to be there. And then none of us knew what to do, or we didn't know, you know, we weren't given like a task or we weren't given a way to help. We were just there. (laughs) And we felt like we were wasting our own time and we would have rather done something, you know, if we were going to be there. Um, and so I remember, you know, I remember just, thinking like and always asking what can what can we do where do you want us what do you want us to do how can we step in and it was all up here and she never shared that with us and so it was hard because it wasn't like we could you know we tried to jump in wherever we could but it was really more frustrating for us because we wanted to be involved we go to the point before of just engagement and um, delegating creating engagement it had the opposite effect on us we I think over time we started to become disengaged because we didn't know what to do yeah, <laughs> um, I mean- and we couldn't help.
2: Yeah, Bethany, you hit on two great points that I kind of wanted to expand just a little bit further on, right? I mean, if I'm an effective delegator, delegation also lends itself to succession planning. And how often do we work with organizations? Like, I don't think we have any leaders that are up and coming. Like, we're going to be in trouble. We need to hire other managers. When in fact, Don, we talk about this a lot. Like, you probably have great talent sitting right in front of you. We just haven't maybe uncovered that talent because we haven't given them the opportunity to. I'm not saying all of the people that are working for you are going to be the next administration of the company, right? Uh, but you probably do have some folks there that have not yet had the opportunity because we haven't given them the opportunity. Sometimes people equate leadership as, no, 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 they have to step up and take it. Sometimes it's it's you that needs to create the space for them to step into that role, right? Yeah, even the term
1: delegate, it sounds like if I delegate you my house, who owns the house? Yeah. I own the house still, right? I'm just saying you can borrow it for a little while. Yeah. Really, if you're what you're probably looking for as a leader on a team is you want other people to take ownership of something. And that means you have to literally hand it off. Like you have to say, this is yours, which means that if the house is messy, you have to clean it up. If the house burns down, you have to have insurance on it. And that's, that's risky and scary. Like that's a difficult thing to be able to do. But even the word delegate, I think is, it implies like, no, I'm going to retain ownership of it. And I'm just going to tell you all the stuff that I want yeah. you to do.
2: So maybe something else to think about too is if I am that manager, if I am that leader, I don't wanna just, it's like shifting your mindset. And we look at delegation as I'm just gonna scrape all the junk off my plate that I don't want to do because I don't like to do it. So I'm just gonna scrape all that junk off my plate. There you go, enjoy. Right. Instead, maybe I can think of it, take a step back and say, what would I delegate? Why would I delegate it? To whom would I delegate it? Um, And by doing that, Don, I love your word by doing that, um, maybe I can even change the word. Uh, What do I uh, want to allow ownership of? Why would I want them to own that in particular? Does their skill set match the ownership or the accountability that I think this project would need? Um, And then we take it a step further and say, "Okay." if, uh, you know, if I were to delegate or provide ownership to say, Bethany, for the certain task because I recognize the strength there, you know, what have I gained from doing that? I think this is a good process to walk through. And hopefully what we're gaining is an idea of of succession planning and, you know, uh, creating a space for leaders to become more effective leaders. Bethany, you also mentioned, you know, we were asking, we're running around asking them, what do we, what can we do? We all wanted to do it. Like we wanted to be engaged. And I love that, I love that word or that thought there. We talk about engaged employees, disengaged employees, toxic employees. If I have an engaged person uh, that is working on my team, that means I have a proactive problem solver that has vision, that understands where we're going, that wants to learn more. Don, we, we have those PowerPoints that we talk about. What are some things that you could do to create a positive culture? Giving people the opportunity to do different things is really positive for your culture too. And you'd get that by this idea of delegation. So those, those engaged employees, it's not extra work. For them, it, it's, I get to be a part yeah. of something and I get to learn something different. You know, companies are always amazed whenever we start working with them, and we're talking about the different meetings we want to put in. And they always like, you can't even like, they won't go like they are stressed to the max there. They are already involved in 12 things. And we put out a voluntary message and that person's the first one to volunteer for it because they want to be involved in change creation product improvement, efficiency process, workflow stuff, like they want to be a positive change agent for them. And so another another opportunity for delegation too. Diana?
3: Yeah, I, it reminded me of early in my career, I had a direct report that used to come to me and say, what's on your plate today? And then I'd tell her, and then she'd be like, oh, let me take that, that, and that. And it was so good for me because it forced me to give up some of the things that I wasn't necessarily ready to give up but she was offering, right? She was like, I'm interested in that. I want that. I think I can do that. I have a background in this and this, so I probably don't need a lot of training on it. So let me just take those things. And it was so good that she came into my office and just said, why don't I take that from you? It was a good initiative. I don't know that it would work in every environment, but I think it was really smart of her to recognize that I wasn't a great delegator and that I didn't want to give up some stuff. And for her to just force my hand and say, that eh, you're gonna give it up to me and I'm gonna take it and it's gonna be fine. And it always was, yeah. right? Yeah. Of course there were hiccups, of course there were times where I was like, oh, she missed that and I wouldn't have, right? But I think that's just that's just part of life and that's gonna happen no matter so let's, what.
2: So let's follow that train of thought there, because I think you bring up a good point. Like there are times where oh man, she's gonna miss that, and then I'll just pick it up. So what if we delegate something? Let's just follow that. What if then what kind of mentality? Um, what if we delegate something and then it doesn't go the way that you would have thought it should have, um, what opportunity do we have now in front of us? How do I, as a manager or leader handle that?
1: I think what's important is the mindset that you have going into it. If you're focused on the thing that needs to get done, then you're going to be thinking about, okay, well, how do we get the thing done? And the answer to that is, well, I could just do it. And now you're failing. Now you're going backwards. If your focus is on the people that you're trying to develop into the ownership, you're trying to build then it's going to be your relationship suddenly shifts. Like the time that you spend into that is going to be coaching and it's going to be helping. It's going to be, and when we say coaching, we mean asking questions. So if somebody tells you like I'm really stuck or that didn't go very well, then the questions, it's not going to be, well, you needed to do this, this and this differently. And you can say, Hey, what could you have done differently? How did you feel about that? What would you do differently? What did you learn about that? And now you're asking them questions so that they can figure out the things that they need to do, because they're going to own that at the end of the day. Have you ever rented a car, do you drive it the same way you drive your own car? Like you you drive it like crazy, right? Like you you if you're renting a car, you like you hit the gas the first time you go on the interstate to see how fast it can go, right? Woo. I mean, yeah. You, you, I did not. Yeah. Uh, sure. I was gonna
0: say that you went a different direction than me on that. I would have probably been like, I'm gonna be really careful and oh, yeah. <laughs> especially okay.
2: when we rent trucks in
0: Texas.
3: You
2: guys are
1: very We're responsible as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. But I mean, whenever you you don't have the same sense of pride in that rental car that you do in your own car, in your own vehicle. So when you have that sense of pride in it, you start to suddenly, you start to care about things. I mean, how many times you see like a teenager who gets their first car, they suddenly start asking about how do I take care of this? When do I get oil changes? How do I do that? And they suddenly care about it. And they've, they've been exposed to it for a longer time, but they never cared about it before. And you just have to just coaching and developing. So a lot of it's the mindset you have as a leader That's why even the word delegate, it points you to the tasks. So then you're like, did you get that task done? If no, then you needed to get that task done versus coaching, which is asking questions, you know, tell me, how did it go? Why didn't you get that? Oh, you didn't get that done. Tell me a little bit about why, what were some of the barriers in that was, you know, talk to me.
2: I think worst case scenario is as the manager, it doesn't work out well, then I'm like, oh, don't don't worry about it. And I take it back and I just do it. And I'm like, note to self, don't ask that guy to do anything else, right? That was a train wreck, uh, you know, or whatever. Uh, but I think there's other opportunities too. What if I do that? Okay, maybe I task them with a little much. How about I, I scale back the ask next time? And maybe we need to take a step towards that that project next time instead of giving them the whole project. Maybe I can scale what it is that I'm asking them to do differently. Maybe I discover their strengths while we're doing that and say, okay, that's clearly not a lane I want to be able to put them in. What else can I do? What other projects could I maybe give this person or tasks could I give this person uh, that that is within their strength there that they could excel at? Um, Or, you know, Don, I love it. Like I could take the opportunity to coach them up. I think sometimes we don't do that because Mm -hmm. again, it takes my time takes my time as a manager to sit here and explain it when I could have just done it in the first place. I knew better than that. But but if we forward think it is going to take a little bit more time now. But what's the, what's the product later? Hopefully, yeah. if I have invested into that coaching, I'm not going to I'm going to have to spend less and less time because they're going to get better and better at it. And if they're better and better at it, then our team is probably even better and better uh, together as well. You know, let me, let me
1: be blunt. I like that. I like that direction of like kind of stepping up the tasks a little bit. Like I used to have a boss that said, like, you take your employees and you throw them a little bit over their head and you kind of let them swim to the surface. And then you put a little bit over their head and they kind of swim to the surface. That's like how you kind of rise them up. But I think a lot of that is actually for you, the person, the delegator, than it is for the delegatee. Uh, I'll tell you like an extreme story. I was at a, at a seminar one time and one guy who owns a company, he raised his hand and he says, you know what, I learned everything I need to know about delegation in a week and a half because he said I was at work. And he says, and I had a massive heart attack. And he says, suddenly, I was just out. And he says, I had a company, he had a company of like 10 people. And he says, I did everything. Everybody came to me. I was the mass delegator, but every task, everything in the company came through me. He says, I hadn't set up the right roles for people. They didn't know what I did. I hadn't passed on anything like that. He says, and boom, he says, I'm in a coma for like, he was in a coma for like nine or 10 days before he woke up. He said he woke up like wow. 10 days later. And then it was another week before he was out of ICU, before he could even look at the company. And he said, as he was laying there in the hospital room, he's like, my company had to close. Like it had to have closed because I did not set up for this. Like I didn't have anybody in position. I didn't have anybody waiting for this. What he said is though, when he got back and started focusing on the company a little bit more, he was shocked at how much his people were able to pick up, what they were able to do, what they were, how they were able to execute things. Um, I think Black, I'll be on the other side of that. When, one of my very first jobs, I worked for an environmental services company and my boss got sick and suddenly had to have emergency surgery. And I had just been like collecting information for these reports, but she would always write the reports. Well, we were behind on a report. And so I actually ended up going out in the field and doing everything and wrote the report and brought it through in the hospital room just to sign it. And she read through it and was like, wow, just sign that. And, but to her, it was like, I'd never thought about asking you to be able to do the whole thing. Um, And maybe me as an employee didn't even realize I could do the whole thing until I was put in a situation where I kind of had to. So, so a lot of that stuff, that stepping up is more for you as a delegator. A lot of times, if you just get out of your own people's way and you really clearly communicate like a goal, and then you support them and love on them a little bit and hold them accountable, then people will rise to the occasion.
2: Yeah. It kind of leads us into, you know, as we're, as we're kind of gearing towards summary, it kind of leads us into this. So, um, what are the traits maybe of a team that have a solid manager or leader uh, delegating tasks versus the traits of a team that maybe don't? You know and, and I say this for us to kind of think about it, I know that we probably have some thoughts about this, but, but what if I'm that manager on the on listening to the podcast right now, anywhere in the country or the world or whatever that might be going? I wonder how what is my pulse check? I wonder if I am a good delegator or not? Uh, what are some things uh, that I could look for? Maybe what are some traits of, of a team that, that has a good delegator as a leader versus a team that maybe doesn't? What do, you, what do you think? I guess the first thing I would think of, if you're the boss, are you stressed?
1: Do you feel trapped? Do you have control of your day? Are you just fighting fires all day? They might say like, I don't have good people around me. I'll tell you what, more often than not, you do have good people around you. You're just not yeah, leveraging them. You're not getting out of the way. But I, but I think that's a big one. It's called executive quicksand. It's like, I've made it to this level that I've always wanted to be in and it's horrible. I can't get out of it. Like I'm I'm constantly working. I'm constantly Mm -hmm. doing things, things always flowing through me. And you start looking around and resenting the people around you because you're like, how come you don't care about this as much as I care about this? And a lot of times the answer from the outsider's perspective as a consultant is because you're not letting them.
2: Yeah. It's so good too, because we do hear, we don't hear it in the form of, I'm a poor delegator. We hear it in the form of, gosh, it's nauseating how many times my people are coming to ask me different things.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's
2: nauseating, the, the the little little amount of knowledge that my people seem to have about things. You know, a lot of times that's a direct reflection maybe of the opportunities that you have given them through delegation too. Yeah. So other thoughts, Bethany, Diana?
0: For the team, I think it's, you know, you see a high level of trust if they're really good at delegating yeah. Um, just across the team of, you know, I trust. You know, for example, I feel that way on our team. You know, I trust that you're doing your part and that Diana's doing her part and that Don's doing his part and that we're all kind of taking our pieces of the puzzle and pieces of the job and going for it and executing. And I'm and I don't have any, you know, any doubt in that. Something I think for leaders, for somebody who's a poor delegator, somebody might perceive them to be really prideful for some of the reasons that we mentioned. But I actually think that they that there are self-confidence issues normally (laughs) from what I've seen is I think that it's actually, uh, okay. You don't, I don't think you're as confident as you're putting off, uh, because you're not letting your team in on what's going on and how they can help. Those are just a couple of observations.
3: Okay.
2: You know, another real life example that I'll share. I mean, we work with a hospital where there's a transition of power taking place, right. Uh, CEO is leaving, a COO is emerging as the new interim CEO. And one of the one of the questions of the COO is, uh, okay, before the, the, the CEO is, is uh, done, I need some time with them to be able to go through. I need to know everything that's in their mind. I need to know all the projects we have, where we are in those projects, all those things. And, and we see that it's, it's kind of like this race to the finish. Instead of the ongoing dialogue where we're doing that on a regular basis, we're delegating some of those tasks, or at least we're, we're talking about all those things and what they could do to contribute, especially as a COO, now it's, a uh, oh no, I need to get everything out of this person's brain uh, because I haven't been involved with most of these things. Um, And I think that's, that's maybe one, if we're talking about what does the team look like, that might be an example of maybe a team where delegation hasn't been an ongoing theme, hasn't been happening uh, maybe as regularly as it should have been there too. So other thoughts on that before we wrap up?
3: I always look at roles and how many roles each person plays within an organization. If you have a person, no matter where they are in the organization that has six or seven different roles, like the catch-all, I feel like that's a bad delegation and it's a problem waiting to blow up. So I always pay attention to who yeah. is doing what, where in the organization, because I think those catch-all pieces are usually bad delegators and they're the person that everyone delegates stuff to. And I think yeah. that that's an issue that, that blows up often.
2: Yeah, that's good. You should have should have saved that, by the way, because we're about to go around the horn with quick tips. For delegation. That was a good one, though. Uh, that was a That's good nice one. Like
3: there
0: you go.
2: <laughs> Thanks for kicking I'm that off, Diana. Uh, all right. So let's go around the horn here and, and quick tip. Uh, and maybe what I would like to do is maybe your thought on what if I am that manager? What if I am that leader and I want to do better at delegating? What's maybe a, a good step that I can take that helps me get on the right path towards being an effective delegator as a leader?
1: John? I'm going to take two. Sorry, Bethany. Uh, But I I think one is don't delegate. Like, I think that's the mindset. Like, don't think about delegation. I think when you think about how you delegate, that's a task oriented. Like, so don't delegate, coach. Like, how do I develop? Don't have your eyes on the thing that you're trying to to do. Focus on the people. And how do I develop and support the people to be able to execute whatever it is that they're trying to do? And then the second thing is have a little patience with that. It's not an instant transformation. I use the analogy sometimes of like people are kind of waking up when, when managers to kind of shift that, that philosophy a little bit going from like, I'm going to hand out tasks to like, I'm going to hand out roles and like it really let you do what you need to do. Uh, there's a there's a period where people kind of wake up. It's like they have to use muscles that have atrophied a little bit. You know, there, there's a book called Multipliers out there that just shows that that type of management of delegation makes people's IQ actually decrease effectively at work. So as people start to give ownership more to people, expect them to make some mistakes early on and then just coach them, ask them questions, find out what they would do differently and let them develop into the roles that you see them. And it, w- it won't take as long as you think, uh, but it will take some time. Great, that's great. Bethany.
0: Don't fake delegate, if that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever thought about that? Like don't fake delegate. People I
2: love it. Know. And, you know, the 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 idea of that too, and, I'm, and I love that you brought that up and, and maybe we should have even talked about that. Some people might be listening going, uh, no, 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 I'm a great delegator. If you give somebody a task or a project and then you closely follow behind it to make sure they don't muck it all up, you are not a delegator. You are a micromanager. Stop it. Um, Is that what you're saying there? Don't fake delegate. Yeah. Yeah. Don't
0: just be like, oh, yeah, I'll delegate something to you. Stand over there. And they're like, why? Why am I standing (laughs) over here? You know, Um, or what, you know, what's the purpose of this? Or are you just trying to get rid of me? You know, (laughs) that kind of thing of like, okay, that's not delegating. So, just, I think like somebody said it earlier, I think a little bit of delegating is you have to kind of be sacrificial in it. Not that you have to, to point it out, but you yeah. have to take something that, that you're a little uncomfortable with handing over. And that's really delegating so that somebody can take full ownership of it. Because I think if If you're fake delegating it doesn't really matter it's like it's literally nothing that you've done you haven't really handed anything over
1: i would add that even the more uncomfortable it is to hand it off the bigger opportunity it probably is for you
0: yeah yeah
2: Yeah. i like how don has encouraged us not to use the word delegate and then we say it 12 times after he (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> keep saying, let's change the word from delegate. Not do that. It is what it is though. Yeah. Uh, we're creating ownership opportunities is what we're doing. We're creating yeah. ownership opportunities and coaching opportunities to do. I think my quick tip would be this. Um, think of succession planning. Don't even think about that task specifically, like Don was saying there. Uh, if, if we are wondering who the next round of leaders might be or who the next managers might be, I want you to think about two things. I want you to think about what types of leaders do we want And what would we think that those leaders need to be capable of doing? And maybe if I had that as my context there, that might help me understand what are those things that I do want to, I'm going to say it again, delegate, what are those things that I do want to uh, give opportunity to other people uh, by understanding what, what types of things should they be able to do? What do I want those to look like? Then why don't I start developing that sense of leadership now? with those people, even through maybe some of the perceivably smaller tasks, but you are, you are constantly, I I think Don's correct. I'm not just delegating it to not do it. I'm delegating to develop uh, that person as well. So working on you as the leader, the coach uh, there, and then working on them to be the most effective employee uh, and leader that they can be too. So thank you all for listening again. Again, if you have other topics, please feel free to reach out to us, Bethany, tell them how.
0: Thanks for listening today. The More Than Work podcast is produced by People-Centric Consulting Group, a consulting firm that believes people should be put at the center of every organization. If you have a topic you want our team of experts to address, feel free to contact us at morethanworkpodcast at peopleccg.com. You can also learn more about us by visiting our website at www.peoplecentric.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back next week to give you practical advice that you can use to improve your work. In the meantime, lead well.